And we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. But before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morayf, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morayf. Thank you, Jack. I am Senior Advisor at Retirement Planners of America, and uh, I have been a certified financial planner professional for the last 20 marvelous, wonderful, and very exciting years. Ah! I feel good. And I do feel good, actually. And all of the ideas that we talk about on this show, these are the very same ideas that we talk about with our beloved and most valued clients. And uh, we are a firm that uh, specializes in retirement planning, so we talk uh, we, our clients are primarily people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. So if that's you, we'd love to meet with you and get to know you. Uh, Barons, in their infinite wisdom, named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 independent financial advisors actually for the seventh year in a row. Very proud of that, but without our clients, I would be nowhere. So clients, thank you, thank you, thank you. So let me go over with you what we're going to talk about in this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So we have a big show for you tonight. We do, Ed. Now, if you know who that was, that was Ed Sullivan. If you know who Ed Sullivan is or was, then you're old enough to be listening to this show. <laughs> End of your client. <laughs> if not... I still love you, but it's okay. Anyway, let's talk about what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of personal finances. So first of all, um, we're going to talk about how much income will you need when you retire? And I'm just going to kind of set the stage because I was reading an article where it said that, you know, when you retire, you should plan on uh, having 60, your expenses being 60% of what they were before you retired. And I'm going to tell you why I think that's incorrect. In fact, I have not seen that be the case with, with my clients. And so I want to talk to you about uh, the experience that I've seen over the last uh, uh, 20 plus years that I've been doing this. Now, also, we're going to talk about how to diversify your retirement portfolio. There are 10 asset classes that we believe you should have in a retirement portfolio. And depending on circumstances, you may have more of one than another. But I want to go over all 10 of them with you, 11 of them with you. All right. Also, as we do every week, we're going to talk about maximizing your social security benefits. And what I do in that segment is I uh, answer questions regarding social security. So if you'd like to email me your questions, uh, my email address is ken at rpoa.com. And that's uh, Retirement Planners of America. So it's uh, ken at rpoa.com. And I'll endeavor to answer your questions on the air if I can. <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, so you can email me. And also, uh, as you know, uh, we believe we work with people who are uh, retired or retiring soon. And so our belief system is that protecting what you've spent your lifetime accumulating and building is extremely important. Call us crazy, but that's what we believe. And so I want to go over with you some math. OK, but for those of you who are not math oriented, don't 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 go away. Stay stay with me. Um, I want to talk about the cost of losing versus the cost of making less returns, okay? Because as you near retirement and as you become retirement, it is my view that you should become more conservative. And if you're going to become more conservative, you're going to be accepting lower returns in most cases. So if you're going to accept lower returns, you should get something for that, right? And that is avoiding losing as much so therefore, I want to tell you why that is a good trade-off 
once you are within five years of retirement or if you're five years into retirement. So that segment is entitled, Why Losing Money is More Dangerous to Your Retirement Than Low Lower Returns Are. Now, most shows Jack would stop right there. You know, most shows would say, you know what, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. But on this show, should we stop right there? No, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. Now, this week, we're going to talk. This was prompted by a conversation I was having with a client where they wanted to create a joint account with their daughter. And the reason was because, you know, if something happened, I want to make sure that my daughter has access to the fund to pay our bills and whatever else. Well, I want to talk about the risks of having a joint account with someone else. All right. So we'll talk about that at about 10 till. We have a great show lined up for you, and I uh, hope you will stay tuned for the entire program. I got to tell you something. Got to give you a quick update on my uh, I have a, a I guess. How long is a dog a puppy? One year. So she's not a puppy anymore. She's about a year and a, a year and three months. She's still very puppified. You know, she still is, like acts like a puppy, but she's big. We have a schnoodle. OK, this is a noodle, a, a poodle mixed with a schnauzer. So this is a schnoodle. And we called her Noodle. So she's Noodle the Schnoodle. <laughs> okay. And she weighs 75 pounds. Standing on her heels, she's as tall as my wife is. They, they're like eyeball to eyeball. She's a big dog. And this big dog is the smartest dog I've ever had. She learns everything. She heals. She stays. She sits. She has door etiquette. She does everything. She doesn't come in the house unless we let her. She doesn't go outside unless we let her. She, you can leave the door open and she'll sit there for an hour until she's given permission. She's the most smart dog I've ever met. But yet, what she does is, if, we, if she hasn't seen me for a while, when she first sees me, she comes up and she pees on the floor. It is the most aggravating thing in the world. It's like, oh my gosh, could she get over it? And it's not just me, just so you know. She does it for my wife too. But she doesn't do it to strangers or friends that come over. It's just the two of us. I, it's like, I, I don't get it, but I don't know. Puppies are puppies. Anyway, let's talk about how much income will you need when you retire. So as I said, you know, I was reading an article and it said that, uh, you know, when you retire, uh, you're only going to need uh, to cover 60% of the expenses that you had before you retired. And the, the reason why is because now that you're not working anymore, you are now going to not have to commute to work and you're not going to have to buy lunch every day and you're not going to have to wear all the fancy clothes that you wear at work and therefore your expenses are going to drop by 40%. Well, let me tell you something. In my 20 plus years of doing this, I have never seen that happen. Okay. <laughs> I have never, I shouldn't say never. It probably has happened maybe, you know, it probably has happened. I just don't remember ever seeing that. In fact, what I see is the opposite. What I see is that either they stay the same or your expenses go up. And the reason why is because when you retire and you don't have to go to work anymore, you go do stuff. And leisure activities and travel are not... Exactly. They're not free. <laughs> so really what I see in most cases is a transfer. In other words, the money you were spending on lunches and fancy clothes and, and, and commuting to work and back, that, those dollars are gone. Yeah, you don't spend that anymore. But no, you still spend it. Now you're spending on playing golf, traveling to see your grandchildren, going to Europe or whatever it is that you want to do. So I have not seen this uh, 60%. No. 
In fact, I've seen the opposite. So what we do when we're planning on what your cost of living is gonna do uh, over the years is we actually take you through three phases. So we look at phase one is the first 10 years of your retirement. And that's usually for most people, a very active phase. You're doing a lot of stuff, you know, you have a bucket list, you wanna go do this and that. So you're, you're out doing stuff, okay? The second 10 years, you're still active, you're still there, but you're, you, you've kind of gotten it out of your system. And so therefore you're not gonna do as much as you did in the first 10 years. And in the third 10 years and, the, and for the rest of your life from then on, you kind of settle into a routine. And what we've seen with clients is they kind of, you know, they don't, they, they kind of find what they like to do. They kind of have this routine and they kind of become pretty steady from then on. So in terms of planning for your cost of living, what we do is we say that we should plan that your cost of living for the first 10 years of your retirement is going to go up by 4% a year. And what I'm talking about here is your personal cost of living. I'm not talking about the national economy or anything like that. What you're going to do, what you're going to spend, we estimate it at 4% a year. So it's a pretty hefty increase every year. But then in that second 10 years, we say you're going to still increase your cost of living, but you're going to slow down a little bit. And so therefore, we assume then that your cost of living goes up by 3% per year. And then in that next decade and from the, there to the rest of your life, we say that your cost of living will go up by 2% per year. Okay, So that is, in our view, a very conservative approach. And the reason why we do that is because we'd rather be conservative in our planning. In other words, overestimate what your expenses are going to be. And that way, if they're not that high, well, guess what? You're better off than what we planned. And that's always the way we want it to be. So um, if I hope that gives you some insight if you are thinking about this kind of stuff. Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, and there are a lot of you, I know that, uh, we are, our firm is Retirement Planners of America. We specialize in working with people that are over the age of 50 who are retired or retiring soon. So if that's you, go to our website. It's rpoa.com, rpoa.com. And while you're there, you have several options. Uh, there's lots of videos and articles and podcasts that you can listen to about uh, all kinds of topics uh, pertinent to retirement planning. But while you're there, what you can also do is you can click on meet with an advisor and schedule a time to visit with one of our retirement planners. We'd love to help you uh, decide on when to take and how to take Social Security, where to get the income from, uh, help you save on your income taxes, on your, your estate planning, what to do with your 401k. Do you have enough money to retire on? We're going to help answer all those questions for you. And we want to do it at no charge or obligation. And if we can help you, that's fantastic. And if not, you know what? No charge or obligation. We will part friends. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And Bogey is right. It is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. So go to our website, rpoa.com, rpoa.com, and uh, visit with an advisor, and we'd love to help you if we can. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how to diversify your retirement portfolio. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. I am Senior Advisor at Retirement Planners of America, and I have been a certified financial planner professional for the last 20 marvelous, wonderful, and very exciting years. And all of the ideas that we talk about on this show, these are the very same ideas we talk about with our beloved and most valued clients. And uh, in 2015, Forbes named our financial advisory firm one of the top 100 wealth managers. 
<laughs> and we're very proud of that. But you know what? Forbes wouldn't even know who we were or are if, uh, if it was not for our beloved and most valued clients. So all you clients listening and those that are not, we love you. We thank you. We are so, so grateful. Um, this uh, segment, I want to talk with you about uh, how to diversify your retirement portfolio. So in other words, what, how do we diversify the portfolio for our clients? So we're going to go over that with you. And basically, you know, diversification is a foundational part of our philosophy of, uh, of managing our clients' money. We believe that you should not have all your eggs in one basket, that you should spread it around. Now, how you do that what percentage of your money you put into each of the 11 asset classes I'm about to go over with you are, uh, is, um, is based on your risk profile, okay? And it's also based on the circumstances that are going on at the time. So I'll explain in more detail, but uh, based on your risk profile, how much risk is necessary to accomplish your financial goals, in our opinion, then that determines what percentage you'll have in each of the asset classes. So there are 11 asset classes, and I want to go over those with you. All right, so the first one is large companies that are growth-oriented. And uh, these are companies that you invest in because you want to participate in their growth. They probably are not paying much of a dividend. Okay, so a, a very easy example there is Amazon. Okay, Amazon is a growth company. They're growing very rapidly, and they don't pay much of a dividend, but you invest in them because you want to participate in their growth. So that would be one asset class. The second asset class is large companies that are value-oriented. So these would be companies that you invest in because they pay a high dividend. Okay, so ExxonMobil, for example, would be, would be one that if you're so inclined, you'd invest in that. And what they would do, they pay a dividend and you want to get that dividend. Okay, they're not necessarily growing rapidly. You know, they're kind of where they are. The third asset class is the same thing as the first two, except small companies. Okay, so you have small companies that are growing rapidly that you want to invest in. Um, and then the fourth one is small companies that are not necessarily growing rapidly anymore, but they pay a nice dividend. And they probably won't become a big giant company, but they, they pay a nice dividend and they're a good company. All right, so those are the first four. And those are domestically oriented. So when you, when you diversify, we believe you should diversify across these asset classes, but then also you should diversify geographically. Okay, so in other words, investing overseas as well as here domestically. So let's talk about that. The, the next thing you want to look at is investing overseas. So there are two asset classes there. One is established foreign countries. So this would be Germany, Japan, you know, the European countries uh, it's, and, and those kind of things, established uh, economies. And then the next one is emerging markets. So that would be China. <laughs> which right now maybe not be the best place, but you want to be diversified. Uh, and, and other Latin America and all those kind of things, those are emerging markets, okay? So those are the first six, and those are the equity portion of your portfolio. And again, the percentage you put in each of those is dependent on how much risk is appropriate for you. So it may be less, it may be more. Next thing I want to look at is bonds, okay? And so now what we're looking at is uh, what, what, what are those? So the first one is essentially U.S. government bonds. And that should be the foundational part, the largest percentage of your bond portfolio, in, in our opinion, especially if you're retired or retiring soon. You want to be very conservative in that area. And the U.S. government bonds are the safest investment on the planet, backed by the full faith and credit of the United States printing press. 
so 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 you can uh, it, it, so treasuries and and uh, T bills and those kind of things. All right, so that's one. Next is corporate bonds, high yield bonds. These are bonds that are issued by corporations. So they generally pay a higher dividend than government bonds do, but they're also a little bit higher risk. So you don't want to have as high a percentage in those, but we believe they are an important part of your portfolio. And then to round it out on your bond portfolio, you got two more, and that is established foreign country bonds and emerging market bonds. Okay, so that makes up your bond portfolio. And then there's one more asset class, your 11th one. And this one's very important depending on circumstances, and that is cash. Okay, so your 11th asset class is cash. And when it comes to your investments, most likely that's going to be a money market fund. And you know, there's an expression that says that sometimes cash is king. And that's a true statement. So at the very least, you need to have an emergency fund. And we'll talk about that on other shows, how much you should have there. But that you should have enough money in an emergency fund. So that would be your 11th asset class. But there are also times, such as in 2008, for example, where maybe having everything in that one asset class, such as cash, might be the best thing for you. You know, and we have a strategy which we call buy, hold, and protect, where in 2000, uh, November of 07, we told our clients and all of you listening to the show to get out of all equities, sell, 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 and stay out. We said to stay out for a year and a half. So during that time, we had the predominance of our money, our clients' money, um, in cash, in money market funds. Okay, so that becomes the most important one, became king, <laughs> and for a good reason. So all 11 of those asset classes, we believe, should be part of your portfolio thinking, and the percentage of each is determined by your risk profile. So how do you know what your risk profile is, and how do you invest in all this stuff, and what do you do? Well, you can start I'm glad with, we had this talk. Well, I am too, Tom. You can start with going to our website. It's rpoa.com, Retirement Planners of America. So it's rpoa.com. And uh, while you're there, we have videos, we have podcasts, we have articles. We have lots of information on there that I think will benefit you to help you with your retirement planning. And uh, while you're there, if you're so inclined, you can click on meet with an advisor, in which case you can sit down with one of our retirement planners and they'll go through with you from soup to nuts. We'll, we'll do all the stuff that we think is important with you to help you build a retirement plan. And we'll do that at no charge or obligation. And if we can help you, great. And if not, you know what? We will part friends. No charge or obligation. Oh, thank you, master. Well, you're very welcome, Jeannie. Now, also, while you're there, if you uh, uh, would like, you can sign up to visit. Uh, I'm sorry, you could uh, sign up for one of our seminars. And we have seminars near you that you can attend. At those seminars, we talk about uh, three of the worst enemies you have to your financial well-being, bear markets, inflation, and taxes. We talk about how to mitigate or beat those three things. We talk about Social Security, when and how to take it. We talk about how to calculate if you have enough money to retire on. We have lots of information at our uh, uh, seminars that you can uh, uh, click on that if you'd like to register there. Now, if you do decide you want to go to a seminar, and actually, if you come in to visit with one of our retirement planners, bring an appetite with you because we will have our now world famous oatmeal raisin and chocolate junk cookies waiting for you. And the chocolate, the oatmeal raisin, you know, they're they're one inch thick. They're six inches in diameter. These are a meal in and of themselves, folks. And we put those plump, juicy yellow raisins in there. We put cinnamon in the batter. Oh my gosh, they're so good. You will love the cookies and you'll learn about your finances at the same time. So rpoa.com, rpoa.com is our website. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about maximizing social security benefits. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. <laughs> 
Thank you, Jack. I am the I am a senior advisor at uh, Retirement Planners of America, and I've been a certified financial planner professional for the last 20 marvelous, wonderful, and very exciting years. And all of the ideas that we talk about on this show, these are the very same ideas we talk about with our beloved and most valued clients. And you know, uh, since we uh, uh, specialize in retirement planning. We work primarily with people who are over 50, retired, or retiring soon. So if that's- I love it. And you know what? I do. I really, really do. And if uh, so, if you're in that demographic, then uh, we would love to meet you. We'd love to see if there's a fit there for us. And uh, you can find us on the web at uh, rpoa.com. Uh, that's uh, Retirement Planners of America. So rpoa.com, rpoa.com. All right. Now, uh, also, just. Uh, Recently, Financial Times, uh, this, I just got the email last week, uh, said that uh, they have, uh, for the third year, uh, named us as one of the top 300 registered investment advisors, and we're very proud of that. And, but again, without our clients, we'd be nowhere. So all you clients listening, and even those who aren't, we are so grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so let's talk about uh, maximizing social security. All right, now, what I'm doing every week is, uh, if you have questions, I'll try to answer them for you. And you can email me at ken at rpoa.com, rpoa.com. Uh, and uh, send me your questions, and if I can answer them, I'll put them on the air, and we'll see where we go from there. All right, so first question. I'm 75, and I started collecting at 65. Uh, my wife is 64, and she wants to start taking spousal benefits uh, without affecting her delayed credits. Okay? So in other words, she wants to start collecting, uh, and delayed credits means that when you wait to start collecting your benefits, the amount of the benefit you're going to receive goes up by 8% every year. So if you wait till you're 70, it goes up every year while you're waiting. All right, so he wants to know if she's 64, can she start collecting uh, and not affect that delayed benefit? Can she start taking her spousal benefits now uh, at 64 and get her delayed credits at age 70? So, so how can she do that? Or does she have to wait until she's 66 to claim her spousal benefit, which is half of the husband's? Well, the answer is she has to wait till she's 66 to claim the spousal benefit. You can it's not possible to file that application like that until you're both 66, okay? So she you have to be collecting and she needs to be 66 as well and then she get get half of yours and she can wait till she's 70 to start collecting hers later on. And it's kind of cool, Gomer. All right. Next question. Uh, this is a uh, married couple. And so, uh, oh, we got a lot of 70-year-olds this week. So the lower earning spouse is 70. The higher, higher earning spouse is 64. Ah, we have a 70 and a 64-year-old. Can the lower earner take her benefit now at age 70? Then, oh, so she's 70. She married a younger guy. I like that. Uh, can the lower earner take her benefit now at age 70 and then simply switch to the spousal benefit when the higher earner turns 66? So basically what, she's, what they're asking is, is can she start collecting at 70 and then when he turns 66, the short answer is yes. Okay, so the lower earning spouse can file now at age 70 and the higher earning spouse can file a restricted application for his spousal benefit when he turns 66. And then when he switches to his maximum benefit at age 70, the lower earning spouse can get half of his at that time. So that is extremely, that's a pretty clever strategy, and it is one that can be employed, but it's very complicated, and you need to do it properly. 
And the thing that I would recommend is that you talk to somebody that knows about this. And our advisors are, are uh, we've put them through a six-week training program to uh, become as knowledgeable as we can get them about Social Security and helping you to navigate all that. Social Security says there are 9,100 different ways of applying for Social Security. It's, it's remarkable. So you need to find the one, you need to do it in the way that's best for you. And as you, I just described, it can get pretty complex. All right. So go to our website. It's rpoa.com, rpoa.com. And uh, click on meet with an advisor and one of our retirement planners will sit down with you and build a plan for you on Social Security. But also, we don't want to just talk about Social Security. We want to help you with your entire retirement plan. So we want to look at a cash flow analysis to help you to build a budget if necessary. If you're not retired yet and you want to know how much you need to retire, we'll help you calculate what we call your magic number. Uh, we also want to look at if you are retired, where to get income from, how much income can you get, right? And, and so uh, we want to look at all those kind of things with you, and we want to do it at no charge or obligation. So once again, if you go to uh, rpoa.com, rpoa.com, and click on meet with an advisor, we'll sit down with you. And uh, if we can help you, fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. Either way, we'll part friends. To hear you say that makes me love you, baby. Well, I love you back. <laughs> so take advantage of the opportunity at rpoa.com, and uh, we'd look forward to meeting with you. And, and by the way, bring an appetite with you, because when you come in to visit, we'll have our now world-famous oatmeal raisin and chocolate chunk cookies waiting for you. And if you're a chocoholic like I am, you will love those chocolate chunk cookies. They are delish. And you'll go to cookie heaven, and you'll get a consultation, and you'll have a great time. So uh, rpoa.com is our website. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about why losing money is more dangerous to your retirement than lower returns in our opinion. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters and I am Ken Morayf. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf and of course I am your host Ken Morayf. And you know what? If uh, if uh, spouses go back to uh, if uh, if louses go back to their spouses when the market goes down, man, there were a lot of family reunions during 2008 where they're not. Anyway, we are back. I am Ken Morayf, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morayf. I've been a I, I am a senior advisor at Retirement Planners of America, and I have been a certified financial planner professional for the last 20 marvelous, wonderful, and very exciting years. <laughs> Wow, Jack, that's incredible. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that was me on my first day on the job as a financial advisor. Yeah, I, I actually came, I was very buff at the time, and I came in in my uh, loincloth, and they summarily sent me home. They said, inappropriate attire for a, uh, for a financial advisor. But, you know, you live and you learn. Hey, a lot of this is ad lib, isn't it? Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> But I've been uh, doing this for 20, uh, as a certified financial planner professional for 20 years, and all of the ideas that we talk about on this show, these are the very same ideas we talk about with our beloved and most valued clients. And uh, since we are a firm that uh, works primarily with people who are retired or retiring soon, um, this show is also that way. And Financial Times uh, named our financial advisory firm uh, one of the top 300 registered investment advisors actually for the third time this year. We're very proud of that, but once again, without our clients, we would be nowhere. So let's talk about uh, why losing money is more dangerous to your retirement than low returns, in my opinion. Now, the reason why I say this is because we have a philosophy of buy, hold, and protect. And what that means is, is that we believe that protecting what you have built and becoming more conservative in how you invest 
once you are nearing retirement or once you are in retirement is very important. You see, we're on a mission from God. And Dan Aykroyd is right. <laughs> you know, our goal for our client, we have two. One is we want our clients to have financial peace of mind. We want you to relax and enjoy life and not worry about all this stuff. And then secondly, we want your money to last as long as you do. Okay, we want to have it give you the income you, you need for the rest of your life. And so to do that, we believe that you have to, there's, there are trade-offs when it comes to how you invest. When you're younger, you can be more aggressive, in, in my opinion. You can take more risk and therefore potentially get higher returns. But once you get within five years of retirement or five years into that 10-year period from five before and five into of your retirement, we believe you need to be more and more conservative and you need to protect what you've built. And what that brings with it is the potential for making less returns. So you have to give that up. And I'm here to tell you that it is worth doing. Okay, and the reason why I think it's worth doing is, let me, let me give you some math on this, okay? So one of, the, one of the questions that I, I've asked people at our seminars and those kind of things is, if you, ha if you lost 50% of your money in a bear market, how much would you need to make to get back to even? And most people say, oh, well, if I lost 50%, I need to make 50% to get back to even. Well, let's do the math on that and see what happens. You have $100. You lose 50%, you now have $50. Now, you make 50% on that $50, you made $25. You add the 25 to the 50, you got $75. So you're not back to the 100 yet. Do you see that? So if you lose 50% of your money, then what happens is you have to make 100% to get back to even. That's the cost of losing money. Now, if you lost 50% of your money, and, I, and that sounds like a lot, but you know what? And maybe, you know, Ken, you're exaggerating. And yeah, I am. I'm taking it to the extreme. But it has happened, okay? And in recent memory, in 2008, there were people who lost 50% of their money. And in Y2K, there were people that lost 50% of their money. It happened. And in fact, the S&P went down almost 50% in, in Y2K in that bear market. And it went down 57% in uh, 2008. So it's certainly possible. Okay, so I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm using 50% because it's easy math. So if you have to make 100%, let's say that that does happen, you lose 50, and now you have to make 100% to get back to even. Well, if you made 2% per year, it would require you 35 years to recover. If you made 6% per year, it would require you to make 12 years to recover your money. And if you made 10% per year, it would take you seven years to recover your money, to get back to even. Seven years at 10%. So what are the odds that you're going to make 10% every year for the next seven years? Okay? I think that it's a, it's a high expectation to have. So in my opinion, protecting what you've spent your lifetime building, having a conservative approach to your investment, only taking as much risk as is necessary to accomplish your financial goals. We try to push our clients to the least amount of risk possible. We want to get them down to where we're not taking much risk at all if it's possible. And also having a strategy to protect what you've built. And, you know, in, in uh, November of 2007, our strategy that we used said to sell. And we told our clients to get out, sell all equities. And those that followed our, our advice were actually out for almost 18 months. We didn't say to buy until June of 2009. So when the S&P fell that 57% that I was talking about, people that followed our advice didn't participate in that one. Now, we also said to sell in 2018. Okay, so that, was, that happened also. At the end of last year, we saw uh, danger signals all over the place, and we said to protect our clients, it's time to get out. Now, as it turned out, it was not a bear market. 
And you know what? That's, there is no perfect strategy, but when there is danger, we believe it is job number one to protect yourself from big losses. Okay? So if you agree with that, if you are retired or retiring soon, you can go to our website. It's rpoa.com, rpoa.com. And we have videos, we have articles, we have podcasts regarding our strategy and also with regard to everything else that we've talked about on this show. Social security, we have ideas and strategies on there for you, estate planning, we have uh, income tax ideas, we have uh, uh, ideas on a variety of different topics that have to do with your retirement. And uh, if we can help you, that's fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. So, cool. yeah. Now, while you're there, you can sign up for one of our seminars or a webinar if you'd like. And also you can uh, uh, click on meet with an advisor and you can uh, uh, schedule a time to visit with one of our retirement planners. And it, with the retirement planners, if you visit with us, we wanna help you build a plan. We wanna help you do your cash flow analysis to see where your uh, expenses are and your uh, income sources are and match those up and see if we can get you to have the income that you want. And we'll do all of that at, at, for no charge or obligation. And if we can help you, great, that's awesome. But if not, we will part friends. I don't know how to say I thank you, except I thank you. Well, Frankie, you are welcome. Now, whenever you come to visit with us, either at a seminar or you come and visit with one of our uh, retirement planners, always, always, always bring an appetite with you, okay? Because uh, we'll have our now world-famous oatmeal raisin and chocolate chunk cookies waiting for you. And the oatmeal raisin, we make them with those plump, juicy yellow raisins. We put cinnamon in the batter. They are just, you'll, you'll go to cookie heaven and you'll learn about your finances at the same time. So rpoa.com, rpoa.com is our website. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the risks of having a joint bank account with your kids. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters and I am Ken Morayfe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayfe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayfe. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. I am a senior advisor at Retirement Planners of America, and I have been a certified financial planner professional for the last 20 marvelous, wonderful, and very exciting years. And all of the ideas that we talk about on this show, these are the same ideas that we talk about with our beloved and most valued clients. And uh, since we are a firm that uh, specializes in retirement planning, our clients are primarily people over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. And uh, recently, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 independent financial advisors, actually for the seventh year in a row. To infinity and beyond. Yes, Buzz, to infinity and beyond. And, uh, you know, that's great. I'm proud of that. But without uh, our clients, I would be nowhere. So clients, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Uh, this is the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. Okay. And this week, uh, this was prompted. I was talking with a client and they were saying, you know, we want to set up joint bank accounts with our kids and that way, you know, if we became incapacitated or whatever, that the kids could step in and pay bills and all of that. And that is something you can do. And, in, and it, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but there are risks with doing that. All right. So first of all, you can have a joint account with anybody in the world. Okay. But remember, once you sign the papers, both you and this other person have 100% rights to that account. A hundred percent. So choose wisely. <laughs> okay. So no matter who started the account or who put the money in, it doesn't matter. In the eyes of the law, you are equal holders. The joint account owner has the right to spend, give away, 
transferred other accounts without your consent or even your knowledge. So once you've made this account jointly with your daughter or your son, they can go buy themselves a Ferrari or whatever, and you cannot stop them. Okay? They can do it without your permission. So be careful. Also, in addition, joint accounts carry what's called rights of survivorship. Okay, so what that means is when it has a right of survivorship is that it supersedes your will. Okay, so your will says, I leave everything to my spouse. This account is jointly held with your daughter. Upon your death, daughter gets the account, not your spouse. So be careful about that. All right, so, I, I, well, I'm, I'm serious. So it, there's a lot of risk with it. And, uh, you know, you have to trust your kids. Now, the other thing is there are risks of tax triggers. Okay, when you put money into an account, it isn't necessarily a gift, but if that person takes money out of the account, then that you have to file a gift tax return because if, if the amount they take out is over the $15,000, because right now the, you can give $15,000. So you set up a joint account and your daughter goes and writes a check for $20,000 for something, all right, and she takes $20,000 out, guess what? That essentially, you've made a gift to her, right? You set up an account and you gave her that money. So that transfer that money, that's a gift. Got to file a tax. You have to file a tax return as the donor, not her, you, and you have to pay potentially some tax on that. So be careful. All right. So the other thing also is that joint bank accounts can give you overdraft charges. You know, they might write, <laughs> what do you mean I'm out of money? I still have checks, right? They might write a check that's uh, more than the value of the account, and then you have a problem there. Debt collection. Your daughter, somebody goes after her because she owes debt. Guess what? That account is subject to that. Liens, same thing. Judgments, garnishes, divorces. Your, your son gets divorced. That ex-daughter-in-law can go after that joint account that you have with your child. So my advice is don't do it. <laughs> oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> Am I scaring you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, or make sure that the amount of money that's in there is, uh, you know, tolerable for you okay so just a few things for you to think about before you go getting a joint account with your greedy unwashed undeserving heirs all right uh, now i want to tell you that it, um, we are a, a firm that uh, specializes in retirement planning and uh, we'd love to help you if we could and meet with you and see if there's a fit there and so if you are over 50 if you are retired or retiring soon our website yes indeedy our website is rpoa.com, rpoa.com, and uh, that's for Retirement Planners of America. And uh, if you go to our website, we have lots of information on there that I, uh, that I think will uh, be a benefit to you to do your homework. Uh, that we have videos, and we have podcasts, and we have articles on all kinds of topics, and you can uh, hopefully benefit from all of that. But at the same time, while you're there, you have two other options. You can uh, meet with one of our retirement planners. You can click on Meet with an Advisor, and we'll want to sit down with you at no charge or obligation. Or you can sign up to uh, attend one of our seminars or webinars. Uh, we have that there for you. So if you go to the website, um, sign up for something, learn. We'd love to help you if we can. And if we can't, that's fine too. No problem. Oh, dear. That's too wonderful to be true. It is, Dorothy. 
No, actually, it's not because it is true. What are you talking about? She had me going. But uh, if you ever come, if you ever come to one of our seminars or you come in to visit with one of our retirement planners, bring an appetite with you because we'll have our now world famous oatmeal raisin and chocolate chunk cookies waiting for you. And the chocolate chunks, we make those with real chocolate. They're not chips. Chips are made with wax. You don't eat wax. You want real chocolate that forms its own shape. And we have that waiting for you. And you'll and we'll hopefully help you with your retirement planning as well. So rpoa.com is our website arpoa.com. Wow, this show is over already. I cannot believe how fast it's gone. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed doing it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Is this the end? Of course not. It's only the beginning. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Morafe or MMWKM Advisors LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.